Here we go. Welcome. You don't need your sticks, but you can have your sticks anyway for this. My name is Chris Lesso, LTR Drumming, Life Through Rhythm, where we're gonna become your best self through drumming. And this is awesome. Now the whole idea of this is that we are stronger together. We're coming together as a group to fuel us, to elevate us, and to use the seed of enthusiasm and fun because there's challenges along the way. So if, if, if you're going at it, trying to go at it alone, that is not the way forward and you're gonna really slow down your potential and just block your possibilities. So we don't wanna do that, but you're live now, this is awesome. So this is what this is. We are welcoming today the great Randy Cook, one of my favorite human beings and of course favorite drummers. He's one of the absolute best of the best in the planet. And as I said, fellow Canadian. So there you go. Now, and we talk about this in the live cast, about the connection to becoming, working on your character and becoming the best person you can be, which now also we work on this, the craft of drumming, but we equally, if not more sometimes, have to work on who we are as people. Because when you're in a band, connecting with an audience, working with musical directors, working with just, just teachers, people in general, I mean, music is about communication. Music is a language. Drumming is meant to unite people, come together. You're not gonna do this isolated alone in a room. So the re one of the reasons why Randy's so, so successful, besides his incredible drumming, is, is who he is just as a guy. And we, we go into that in this live cast. So welcome to Great Randy Cooked. And if you'd like to go deeper, go to chrislesso.com and check out LTR Connect. Randy's one of the regular people on there. We have Dom Famulaire, we have Klaus Hessler, we have Mike Sleeth, got Chris Coleman, just amazing human beings from around the world. And learn as we come together. So we have monthly agendas, we come together, you get to go in breakout rooms with other students. This is all online and live. You're gonna get feedback from me, it's fun. And as we said, we're stronger together. So for today, enjoy this session, this LTR Livecast with Randy Cook. You're gonna see how the, the drumming tribe and community comes together to ask some questions and we're all improving ourselves in this. And if you wanna go deeper, hit me up, connect with me. Let me know what you thought of today. Let me know what your takeaways were. And check out LTR Connect. This is a regular feature that we do. And have fun with Randy Cook and use this as fuel to become your best self through drumming. Love it. Yeah, thank you so much for doing it, Randy. It's great to see your face. And one of the cool, you know, there's always, we always say there's opportunity in crisis, right? And one of the cool sure, things sure. is just the way we're all able to connect. Like I was saying to students, like, it's not every day I can just contact Randy Cook and, and he's like, let's all connect. You know, usually we're, we're more busy around this time. And, sure, and sure. even though it's social distancing, it's not, or it's physical distancing rather, not social distancing. So thank you for connecting. I love and it. This is kind of a mastermind. We're all putting our heads together. And when we leave, 
the ideas we want to like every one of these I've done, I want to get to the kit and freaking play just like I'm seeing those snares. I'm, I'm right. full. Right. My anxiety is down and I'm fired up and, and ready to go. So sure. how, how, how have you been right now? I know in terms of scheduling, it's kind of clear and easy, but what's some maybe things you've been doing on the drums, maybe some writing, maybe some opportunities that you don't normally get. You know, I saw a video with Jojo Mayer a couple of days ago and he's taught himself Pandero. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the yeah. video's like, it's like, man, Jojo sounds just as awesome on freaking Pandero as he does on totally. the kit, right? And he's like, yeah. and the Pandero can kind of sound like an entire drum kit. And he's like, yeah, I'm just kind of teaching myself this. But what about you, Randy? What's some ways you're keeping sane with drumming and music? And, you know, I think the, the, for right now, my life is the trifecta home, groceries, or studio. And, yeah. and, and so <clears throat> I'm in the studio, you know, about three times a week. And um, I've been, I've been uh, churning out demos. I'm churning out tracks. And some of which I, I, I jam up on Instagram when, when the music gets released. But in terms of, like, keeping my sanity, I got to admit, just hitting things helps, right? Let's just yeah. all admit that just smashing on stuff yeah. really does release the stress. That's the great thing about drums that keeps us young and vibrant i think that for sure you know. move now guys randy is actually 89 i mean yeah you would never know it you could see the gray coming in right here yeah it is the fact and we got to move yeah i agree yeah you know again when it comes to you know i don't want to parlay this directly into a drum lesson but when it comes to you know, you mentioned Jojo learning a new, a new craft, a new instrument. Even for me, you know, uh, this has been a time where I go back into my archives and I look up links that I've made a note of, like a YouTube video on some guy that did something. And uh, I mean, for me, uh, the, the zen of, 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 of it all is always learning something super slow. I, I know that I'm kind of veering off into... Uh, uh, a different world here, but uh, it doesn't matter if you're picking up something new on YouTube or your friend shows you something or you, you hear it on a record. Uh, most of us try and just chop away at it as it is, as it has it sounds. But I, I've, I've found there's something um, very, very uh, uh, enriching about slowing, slowing stuff down way past this, like way slower than you think uh, I'm talking about and really analyzing things super slow. And then as soon as you get the mechanics going of what you're working on, you're done. It's funny how the brain works. Once you get something super slow, the speeding up part comes much easier. If you skip that step, you just literally swim up water the entire time. You'll eventually get it. It'll just take way longer, you know? And because I'm 89, I'm not here to... <laughs> That's amazing you mentioned it because drummers are like passionate, hyperactive. Oh yeah. Just tapping and, and just right, you got a bottle and you're like, that's the Pandero and like right? <laughs> air drumming and, and constantly thinking drums and, and just new rhythms. But I uh, was blessed to study with Jim Blackley. And yeah. he does this famous thing where he gets he gets all his new students to like do the jazz ride cymbal groove at like well quarter notes too at 40 
yeah. BPM. And uh, I heard Mark Kelso on Drumeo, and he's he was talking about 30 BPM. Right. You know, so it's so cool that you mentioned that the slow Tai Chi kind of. Well, you know, that, <clears throat> that helps for your time as well. You know, I think that that in this day and age that we're all playing in now, um, doesn't matter if you're super young or, or a little bit older, uh, you're going to be faced with a click track anywhere you go. You go and play a cover gig at a local bar and someone's going to walk on stage and go, hey, I got this great keyboard track. We're all going to play to it and I'm going to give you click track. And if you're not used to that, if you don't, if you haven't, um, you know, put yourself in that environment, uh, it, it can be daunting. It can be, uh, you know, scary a little bit. But if you're practicing to a click track, then click track is when you're practicing. Click track is when you're playing. The, the, the metronomic part of your, your life doesn't, doesn't intimidate you at any point where you go, you know. Uh, it actually opens up a lot of things, too. If you can play well to a click, it's just not for the studio. It's, I love it just for top 40 band stuff, you know, now you can get all these tracks online and, you know, the horn section and the percussion and all this crap. And it's fun to play to. It feels like there's more people on stage, but you can't do it well if you're not used to playing to a click. And if you're not playing to a click slowly, uh, this is where I bring it all back. You know, you don't have to be at a drum set to work on your time. I used to work on my time. Like, uh, these are actually pencils, but on one side, they're ah. But anyways, you know, I used to put the metronome at like 35, whatever, around there. And you count triplets out loud. One triplet, two. And you do the, you just click your sticks to the jazz ride pattern, right? One triplet, two triplet, three. And trying to lock to that quarter note metronome. The only thing that helps you is that count. The count, the triplets are what gets you between each quarter note. And you're teaching your brain how to learn to go from one quarter to the next at a slow speed. And when you speed it up, it gets way easier. But that's, wow. that's, why, that's why Blackley taught you that. Because it's the space between the quarter notes that your brain needs to, to, to get used to, you know? Yeah. yeah, which is a massive challenge. And yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because playing- Frustrating. It's so frustrating. Yeah. But only for a week. Only for a week. You do it every day for like 20 minutes, I promise. Seven days later, it's going to get easier. At first, it's just, you know, you want to just jam the drumstick in your eye socket. But it still frustrates me after, after over three decades of playing, man. And I'm glad you brought up a click because uh, I used to think good drummer equals playing with a metronome. Good drummer equals playing with a metronome. And... I had some challenges there and then and then I had some teachers saying try doing it like 50% with a metronome 50% without a metronome so you you know you can work on your own sure. air time sure. another trick is playing slow like you mentioned uh, we actually have Rich Redman on the yeah. the live cast next week and he he said this great thing like uh, I imagine it's it's uh, what does he call him it's like a uh, 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 cowbell player called uh joaquin or, or he, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a name for him imaginary character and he's like he's just playing cowbell you know in the corner and it's just a guide <laughs> and i can kind of swim around the click and it's not like 
yeah, it's not like this uh, slave where you've got a, like, <laughs> right. it's just there's a guide and you can kind of swim around it. Do you have any, um, yeah, just tips on that in, in terms of, because I know you, you, you've done a ton of studio stuff. and I, I literally think it's just, it's just uh, repetition. The more, you, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. And the more you get used to it, the more you start to not think about it. Mm. You're right. The, the, the thing about metronomes and click tracks, as you're concentrating on trying to, to play on the beat with the metronome, you're not thinking about being musical. You're not thinking about your dynamics. You're not thinking about all of the other things that you should be thinking of. But eventually, your, your brain goes from only thinking about the metronome to the opposite. You get It becomes something in the background like Rich was describing. But that doesn't happen right at first. You got to go through the trenches at first. Yeah, you, know, like you got to get, get, get to the other side. Once you're on the other side, yes, the click track is a guide, you know, and you can float around it. Nobody's gonna, there's nobody with the rulers and smash your hands in the studio and go, you're not right perfectly on it. It doesn't matter. That stuff, that takes away the human feel right. of what you do on, on the instrument. But in this day and age, it's all about copy paste. If you can't play to a click, I can't take the first course and use it as the last course if you're not playing to the same tempo. Mm. I need to be able to chip and chop stuff together. And that's how, un unfortunately, that's how a lot of music is made today, whether we like it or not. Um, Nashville, they still play in one room. <laughs> but in New York, L.A., London, it, uh, you know, all these city centers, uh, when when you get called to, when I get called to a session, it's typically just me. That's it. And I'm playing the guide tracks. And then my tracks get sent off to somebody else. And then they put their thing on. It's like making a pizza. So. Sorry, what I was doing there was I'm going to link to um, a video, guys. Just click on this so you can keep it in your browser and everybody check this out. Maybe you, Randy, if you haven't seen this, this is, um, uh, awesome guy named Rick Beato is a producer and he's got, you know, over a million subscribers on YouTube and fantastic producer. And he did this video. I loved it. It's called, uh, what would happen if you quantized John Bonham today? And <laughs> everybody that, that doesn't know uh, what quantized there, I just put that in the chat guys. So quantized means if you, well, actually, can you explain it, Randy? Have you ever been quantized? I heard this this story from a lot. Slash. A lot. Yeah, and Slash uh, was tracking with Velvet Revolver, and he <laughs> forgot it. You know, he left for the night, and then he came back, and he forgot his bag or something, came back in the studio, and he saw this, uh, you know, somebody at the console that took his, his uh his performance that he just did and was like, you know, plastic surgery in it, like correcting yes, it, moving this over, taking yeah. away the human feel of it. Yeah. So for drummers, uh, yeah, can you explain that? And maybe that's happened to you where you just like- Man. Yeah, it, it has. There's, a, there's I have a, a funny producer story about that, but before I get to that, I'll just tell you quantizing is basically taking anything. It can be a drum pattern or a performance a guitar, it doesn't matter what it is. And it's basically moving things so they fit perfectly on a grid. And that grid can be 16 notes. Imagine lines, 16 lines per bar. And if you play just slightly ahead or behind, you're rushing a little bit, You they, technology now is they can push a button and it all goes, and it literally 
pulls every aspect of everything you played onto those lines. And as soon as it does that, it sounds very machine-like. So if you had any natural human feel, it's gone. Now you sound exactly like a drum machine. And you guys have heard drum machines. Everything sounds like super machine-like. And they can do that to a human performance with the touch of a button. Literally, it's less than a second. They just take your whole track and go, and it just goes, and everything now sounds. Have you yeah. ever heard yourself, Randy, where you did a, uh, you know, a song start to finish or something, and you're like, man, that felt good, and and I was listening to the band and vibing well, and then you go back and hear it post quantize and went, oh, yeah, man, this yeah, I, I, I'm always, I'm always a little disappointed. The the thing about that is, the funny part is, someone gives you a rough idea of what they want to be played. And it's a drum machine, and it is in fact very drum machiney. It's it's all drum machines basically already play perfectly in time, right? And quantized, and machine like, and very uh, square like. So they give you this this song, and the drums are like perfectly square. And the producer says, "Randy, <laughs> want you to play drums, have fun, make it feel great, make it human." And I and make I do that. Round. I drum. <laughs> I do a I do a song, then they take what I did and they quantize it, meaning they put it back all on the grid, and literally it sounds exactly how it how it came to me, only with some different drum fills because I I played different drum fills. But the song, the feel, everything is identical. So there was really uh, it negates the point of 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 ever having a real person play a real thing to then take that real thing and then machine it all in. Now, I will tell you, there's only one, one time I think that that works that makes sense to me, is if you have a song with, with a lot of drum loops already, a lot of machine things, like you have a, a synthesizer that's going and it's every 16 and it's perfect. Well, obviously, if you play imperfectly over that, it's gonna be very messy. And it's not going to sound so good. So there is a place in music for that sort of effect where you take someone's real drumming and you quantize it, which, or, or another way to say it is you grid, you grid it, put it on a grid. But uh, most of the music we hear now, if it's pop or rock, is, is thankfully still not done like that. But, but some of it is. You can tell some of it is. And they don't do it just as drums. They do it to guitar, bass, keyboards. We do to a lot of instruments, yeah. I wonder if that's happening less nowadays. I'm not sure. And in the link I sent out, it's like Rick Rick Beato actually takes Bono. I think it's Fool in the Rain, and and he literally goes into Pro Tools and quantize, you know, quantize it and says, "Listen to it. Can you hear the difference? You know, it's the imperfections that make us beautiful, really." Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was wondering that. I have a question for 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 Keaton. Yeah. You hear me, Keen? You practice uh, uh, a little bit every day or no? Do you have your sound off? Should I be able to hear you? I just unmuted you, Keaton. Um, I sometimes, mostly I do it every day. Yeah. And let's pretend you practice uh, a half hour or an hour at the most, because I'm, I'm going to assume that we have other things. You probably have three or four girlfriends. Uh, out of 30 minutes or an hour, 
is it all on the drum set? Um, most of it's on the drum set. Sometimes yeah. I use pads. That's nice. I, I, the reason I'm zeroing in on you is because you're a little younger and you don't have gray hair on your beard yet. And I would make sure at your, at your stage of the game that I would cut it in half hands on pads and drum kit. And I tell you why, when you play drums, you're playing with your two hands and your two feet, right? But everybody, everybody knows if it's, if I start to count the percentages of what you use more, if you're playing a drum beat, your kick drum's going to go boom, 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 boom. But your hands, they're doing all the work at this point. Your, your kick drum's basically not doing a lot. Yeah. That's not to say you shouldn't work on your feet. But I'm just proving the point that the hands are the tools. The hands are the things that facilitate your drum kit playing getting better. It's a funny thing to say. If you practice your hands more without even touching a drum set, your drum kit playing will be better because your hands are what do most of the work on the kit. Not talking about a drum solo, but what we do as timekeepers is play drum beats. Yeah. And it only stands to, and, and makes sense that we spend as much time, even though, let's admit it, super boring, frustrating, not fun, doesn't make the same amount of noise, but you'll get way better, way quicker if you work on hands as much as you do as your drum set. And that's for everybody. Yeah. I know that it's something that we all kind of go, oh yeah, I know that nobody does it though, because it's just not as fun. Like I, and I get it. But it gets more fun on the drum set if you develop the technique on your hands. So, and make sure, of course, uh, you're accenting your rudiments. Never play rudiments without accenting. That's a, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna get off my soapbox about that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. And thanks yeah. for- uh, I'm just checking in, making sure Keen's on the right track, you know? Guys, you're all fair game. We're gonna, yell. In, yeah. we're gonna check in with with different victims on the, on the uh, chat and guys get your, get your questions ready. If you want to uh, ask Randy anything, but Randy, speaking of pads, like, did you have a breakthrough when in, in your days? I know know you, I think you studied with Rick Gratton, but maybe that was more on kit, but because I, in terms of like molar stroke and like where your index finger and just relaxed, (laughs) we call it like relaxed intensity in terms of, technique uh your drumio videos is fantastic i've used that like countless times of just you know relaxed intensity bruce lee said flow like water and just having fun and bouncy and and freaking intense and all that like what was a did you have any breakthroughs in terms of you know pad rudiments and getting using technique in that way you know, I, 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 I didn't ever, ever, I wasn't ever taught to, to do one certain technique, whether it was holding my sticks traditional grip or holding a match grip. I started traditional and switched to match. And so now I tend to go back and forth depending on what I'm doing. But I will say I started um, in drum corps. So before I ever sat down on a drum kit, I was in a marching band. And all it was was hands and rudiments. And it was you know, rudiments and playing them dynamically. And of course, all the different stickings that you can, you can learn. And I'm, I gotta say, uh, there's, there was no better, better base 
before your your hands then that because we had to do it every day and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. my point is as long as somebody's by you at some point to give you a helping hand and guide you away from bad technique you know there's there's a lot of bad technique flying around out there i, I would just concentrate on not doing bad things as opposed to only do this one good thing. Like, like you mentioned the molar technique. I mean, <clears throat> I don't even have a word or a name for whatever I developed. Mm -hmm. I just know that. And the way I teach it as well, is just, um, it makes paying sense. attention to <clears throat> paying attention to stick heights is everything because stick heights on your pad or your drum mean volume. Volume is everything. Dynamics are everything. That's what makes those drum beats sound so good. You mentioned John Bonham. Think about Jeff Percaro and Toto. Think about all those, if Steve Gadd, 50 Ways to, all those famous drum beats sound as good as they do because inside each drum beat, there are loud things and soft things. And some people think they're playing softer, but they're not playing soft enough. And you just, someone needs to be there to actually say the difference between an inch off the snare drum is everything. It makes it wrong. It not, you know, bad. It just won't sound good. And it sounds silly to say, but that's, that's if you were to analyze video of those players playing those grooves without them telling you that they're just naturally doing it. Some people just did it naturally. They just you said it right. Absolutely like that. Exactly. Analyze video. Like, you know, but I, you know, I, at least I'm able to, 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 to pinpoint why something sounds good. And so now I'm just reverse engineering it. I'm cutting through like mm -hmm. all the supernatural, all the, maybe it'll come to you in a dream. No, no, no. Just play louds and softs. Make two dynamics to start with. We can get to ones all in between eventually. But if you can just master ghost notes and accents, you're, you're way ahead of the game. Your, your hand technique's going to be great. Your drum kit playing's going to elevate instantly, instantly. I've, I've had one lesson with people where all they start doing is paying attention to that. Sometimes it's just being reminded. <clears throat> you know, you just forget to think about your stick heights or your dynamics, and you just off you go playing your favorite alt-rock beat. But, you know, if you just slow down, I've had, I've had people write reminder notes on their snare drum, a piece of paper stuck to the wall. And it's amazing. As soon as you're reminded and you remember, oh yeah, crap, I got to play my ghost notes softer. The type of person we are is the type of artist we are. And you can probably hear on this podcast that I am the eternal student. I love to learn. This is a never ending journey. And I want to help you as well on this path. If you'd like to go deeper on your journey and unleash your confidence through drumming and life, join me at chrislesso.net slash LTR. We'll connect there. You can book your free drumming vision session. And this is where we start designing a path forward for you step-by-step step, so you can defeat the overwhelm and confusion. Join me, let's drum, and I'll see you on the inside. And it's amazing. As soon as you're reminded and you remember, oh yeah, crap, I gotta play my ghost notes softer the groove sounds better. Oh, so. that's fantastic. There's a uh, drummer yeah. I saw once, he wrote down the word breathe in black Sharpie on like every drum. Cause you know, we shallow breathe sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, we hold, yeah, don't hold your breath either. Don't hold your breath. And he wrote breathe. So we sure. get the reps and say, all yeah. right, all right, breathe. Yeah, so came, yeah for you know. sure. Yeah. yeah, and you mentioned uh, Phil's before and we, we had, uh, Dom, Dom Fam, the great Dom Famulero a couple weeks ago on the live cast. 
And his teacher, Joe Morello, <laughs> had him play nine years on a practice pad. And, and Dom told this story. And it's like everything, just like what you said, everything on the kit, stick heights, tech, you know, relaxed technique, even that. breathing right. is in the pad. And that'll transfer to the kit. And that's what Joe kind of said to Dom, because Dom was like, when are we going to get to the kit? And Joe had said, well, we are doing the kit. You know, it's all, <laughs> yeah. all kind of there. And in yeah. terms of fills, um, you mentioned like there's no shortcuts to getting this drumming game. You know, and we're, we're eternal students, right? Right. And I'm wondering if like in your recordings, if you've ever done a fill and you hear it back and you're like, well, it was a cool fill, but I ended up stomping on the singer a little bit or like it didn't yeah, quite make true. sense with, and maybe yeah. through the repetition, know how to get tasteful with your fills. Yes, yeah, trial and cool. error. I mean, it's funny you mentioned about the, the singer. That's, that's, again, we forget. Sometimes you're drumming and, it, you know, we think it's all about, you know, it's all about us and, you know, and you're playing, I remember, you know, playing in a club and all it took was one drumming friend to walk in the room and off I went, show off, show off, show off. And all I was doing was just making the music worse by the second <laughs> because I, I was being, uh, you know, uh, 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 yeah, silly and stupid. And, 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 uh, and so, yeah, you, when you start thinking about music and songs and all that stuff, because that's what we're going to do. Everybody that's right now in your rooms on your drum kits, you're going to spend the least. I mean, eventually this is all so that you can do that with other people. <laughs> and the minute you start playing with other, other people, you have to be mindful of what they're doing and, and uh, respectful of their parts. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, playing, playing fills and, and uh, you know, you, you, the best, the best school for that is listening to music that's already made it on the radio. And the reason is a producer has been in the studio yelling at the drummer to stop doing what he's doing and to start doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, that's what you, we, you and me end up hearing on the radio. We don't hear the 10 fills that the drummer tried to sneak in that the producer just kept saying, no, that's too much. No, now the, per the singer's singing there. You can't be this, you can't do a Neil Peart fill there. You know, so we end up hearing the polished result. But as you can tell, even myself, I've uploaded a couple of blooper videos where I'm working on something and I am, you know, cursing. Eventually we get there. Nobody sees that part of the game, you know. And mm -hmm. over the years, over repetition, you just start to learn what things work better and what, what not to do. It, it doesn't mean we can't do it. It doesn't mean you can't play a fill that lasts the entire bar. It doesn't mean that it, you should do that, though. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you 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 nailed it. Repetition and hearing yourself back, and I think that's why yeah. you know, time in the studio is so good because you're hearing yourself under a microscope, just sure. hundreds of times, right? Which, sure, sure, sure. Which is so good in a never-ending process. Uh, we got tons of questions coming in. Let's, I'll answer them all. Let's go. Every with, single one. Awesome, man. Let's go with. Uh, Let's see, Jono, you're live with Randy. Can you unmute yourself? Am I audible now? Oh, yeah, you are, Jono, in my ear holes. <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right, thanks for doing this. This is great. Uh, uh, fun to be here. Yeah. Same time tomorrow? 
Sure, let's do it. All right. I'm just wondering, do you use it when you play live in a, in a live setting? Are you using the click track as well? I am. Yeah. Uh, it depends, you know, the gig, the song. Um, but for the most part, I am for two reasons. Sometimes in some bands have tracks, so I have to play to a click. Absolutely. Sure. But sometimes the band or the singer, singers now are getting more educated. Bands are getting more educated and more spoiled. And imagine the days where we didn't have metronomes or any way for a drummer to play to one live. Remember those days. So you would count in a song at whatever you kind of think the song's supposed to be at. And what happens? Singer comes to you after saying, goes, Jono, man, that was way too fast. Or the opposite. You dragged so much. It was too slow. And so, okay, I'll get it next time. Coach, all right, and off you go, trial and error, trial and error. Well, sure. the minute that singers started to figure out that they could get their drummers to play to a click track, yeah, the singers could just go, by the way, I recorded this song at 100 BPM. We're going to do it at 100 BPM. Yeah. Play to a click. So, or at least, or at least start to a click. Right. So sometimes I do that, and a lot of players do that. They have a little metronome by them. They start the metronome, they hear the temp, and it, at least they count the song. At least they're starting there. They might speed up a bit. They might slow down a bit, but they're at least way closer in the ballpark. Right on. Yeah. Cool. But I, 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 tend, I tend to play to a click throughout just because I like it. it I, I've, I'm at a point where I'm not playing super stiff. I'm not, like I said uh, earlier to Chris, I'm not, list, I'm not thinking about the click so much anymore. It's just there in the background. Right. Like a percussionist, like Tito Puente. And, you know, um, so yeah, long, long, long answer to a short question, but yeah, I still play to a cook live. Right on. And is that. Even if I'm in a club playing a top 40 gig. Yeah. I love it. I just love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. Awesome. I'm going to, before we go to the next question, I'm going to hit you, Randy. We didn't plan this with, with three of my favorite personal Randy Cook stories, okay? <laughs> Uh-oh. And uh, so we have miners here. Uh, these are good. You'll love these. These are good stories. Yes, yeah, so we have lots of miners on, on the call. So check this out. So first one is, um, and this one has some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, bleep the language, but this, this is a good one. So I, uh, I played uh, with a great guitarist named Tony Springer. Yeah. Who I know yeah. you played with him. Yes. Uh, we did a lot of European tours and cross Canada and stuff. And he's yeah. a great guitarist. And when I first started playing with him, he gave me a cassette. Remember those cassettes and it was a recorded gig. Yes. And he said, listen to this. This is Randy. This is when I played with Randy Cook. Mm-hmm. And I want you to listen to this. And I think you were, I think he said you were like 18 or 20 or something. Do you, do you mm-hmm. remember? I don't even remember being that age, but yeah, I'm yeah, sure I was. <laughs> And he said you you came on the gig and mm-hmm. and you had this like I don't know if you know the Bernard Purdy story with the signs how he yeah, would yeah. he go he'd go to the studio with with these signs behind him and I congratulations think, you've hired Bernard yeah. Purdy yeah. yeah yeah you done it you hired the hitmaker Bernard Purdy wow. right wow. and he said you I think you said something to the effect of like I'm Randy Monfo Cook. <laughs> and that's where the bleep what a jerk off (laughs) i was (laughs) but in a way like he told the story in a way 
where it was like a, a really good thing. Like you came on with confidence and with a smile. It wasn't like, hey guys, you're playing. It was like- yeah, no, I've never had that quality. <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, he wanted me to, you know, besides your groove and, and the awesome drummer that you are, he's like, I think he wanted me to notice that. And he told me that story. He's like, Randy came on, he's like, I'm Randy Mofo Cook. And in a way that made everybody smile. And uh, I think sometimes like we, we lack that belief in ourselves. Sure, right? sure. Like, I'm playing and even with a boom schmack, like it doesn't take much, but we can elevate the song, elevate the band and, and believe in who we are and really project that into the music. So just wondering if you could talk about that. What's the word? There's, there's, there's confidence. There's, there's a couple of words though. There's one in it that's just giving me, uh, oh, I got it. Conviction. I, I think that conviction is, is as important as, as confidence. And what I mean by that is, is really meaning what you play. Like you play something, do it on purpose. Sometimes you can tell when a drummer is playing and he plays a fill and it's, 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 uh, it's coming from his head. He's thinking about it. Here it comes, here it comes. Oh, that's fill number 22. Uh, I remember it. It's a, and it's a very c cerebral thing. You can tell it's not from the chest. It's not cause I meant it. This is what's right right now. This is the best fill I've ever played in my life. And everything you play has to feel like that. Like this is the best thing you're ever going to hear in the next yeah. four beats. And so, and, and you know, and I have absolutely gone off the rails, uh, like done the wrong beat or screwed up a, a figure. You know, I've got my little cheat note or a chart and I've read it wrong. But I tell you, when I make a mistake, I go big. Like wrong I don't strong. just <laughs> wrong and strong, man. I will put take that train over the over the cliff. But the my point is is that it's because in the moment that's how I'm playing and that's how I'm thinking. And that comes from doing it more it, it i'm not definitely not reinventing the wheel and everybody uh knows that right yeah of course yeah the more you do something the more confident you get but a lot of people acknowledge that but then don't go out and do it so uh you know everybody sometimes makes excuses for why they couldn't go and play somewhere even if you don't have a gig paying gig right. so go play if, if you can afford to do it without you know making any money go play go play with people if you can just go play in someone's basement and just jam with them and it's not a gig and it's just go play play because that's where it's going to come from you can practice by yourself that's only half the battle i know drummers that spend way too much time only with them and their kits For and sure. not enough time them with playing with other people yeah, i was going to ask you how you got it so early in the game and that sounds like what it was it's like actually it was, playing with people. it was just that it was only that top 40 bands i mean when i moved to los angeles you gotta remember i moved from canada i had already been on a couple of hundred cds from canada i was you know quite you know uh, busy as i was making a living and i i moved to la and let me tell you something i had wonder how many gigs i had zero not i brought some savings had a car, drums, a phone, and a cheap place to live. And, and, and that, that was it. I knew some people in Los Angeles to call and say, hi, I'm here. But nobody had a, a gig waiting for me. And one of the first gigs I did, I had to buy a disco wig. 
right? You know, the big afros. And I was subbing in. It wasn't even my gig. I was just filling in for a drummer. I was driving an hour outside of LA to go play in a rock disco band. I had to wear the wig. I had to play to click because they had tracks because it was disco. They had all these tracks. Yeah. And I remember driving home, you know, sweaty, my wig, the passenger seat one night and going, man, what have I done with my life? Why am I here? Like, you know, I think maybe I made $70, like maybe, you know, and, and, uh, I will tell you the weather was really nice. So that there's a plus there, but my, my point is, is that it did, it didn't matter. I knew that I had to do that. I, I don't care. I'm going to do it. And that goes <clears throat> for every facet in life, right? If you got to flip a burger, go flip it. Who cares? Go flip a burger. If flipping a burger gets you 10 bucks and that $10 gets you to buy a new drum head, go do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. If you do, you know, so that that's, you know, the mentality, even now, still today, when the phone rings and someone says, you know, hey, uh, what's your rate? You know, how much, you know, would you charge me? And I, and I always say, I, I don't, there is no rate. How, how much can you afford? And I'll tell you if that's good or not. Like, it, it's more easy to just, just ask someone, just pay whatever you can. You know, they're not going to cheat you. No one's going to be unfair about it, you know. So, uh, and I still to this day do lots of things for zero on purpose because I want to play. I love playing. So, uh, and the more I do it, I know that I keep my confidence to bring it all back to what you're talking about mm. and conviction. And that it comes from that, you know. Uh, you know, anything you, you do like, like half good, pretty good. You're confident about that. That goes for anything. We step away from the drum kit and someone says, how are you at darts? And you go, yeah, watch this. It's because you've done it a lot and you're really good. So you come, you bring that into the room. And that's why he played you that cassette. Cause he's like, yeah, that was it. this guy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the drums projects that. And I think everybody can feel the joy and the giving that you have. And uh, I got to say, you know, I've reached out to many people to share the inspiration and the joy in these live casts. And you just like got back to me like within a minute, I think. And you're like, sign me up. Let's do this. Someone wants to talk to me. I would love to talk to somebody. <laughs> um, can I tell you a quick story about that? Chris mentioned Tony Springer. He, he was famous in Canada for doing a Jimi Hendrix impersonation. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his uh, band was called Fire. And uh, the first time I ever flew on an airplane was with him to Halifax. And uh, we played a club that's not there now. It's a parking lot, I'm sure. Um, but I want to tell you a funny story. Because it was Hendrix, Tony always lit his guitar on fire at the end of the show. That's part of what Jimi Hendrix used to do with, with uh, lighter fluid. And uh, much like the Who, you know, the band would trash the gear. We would, we would trash, trash the gear, you know, you... I might kick a cymbal stand over or something, you know, it was my gear. But now in Halifax, of course, I was on a rental kit, right? <laughs> you know where this is going? So, yeah. so end of the show comes, Tony, you know, everybody's making noise. And he, there he's, he's actually uh, poured uh, lighter fluid on his guitar. It's on fire. He, I think he stuck it into some pipes and it's swinging from the ceiling. And I decide I'm going to trash this kit because it's a rental. It's from probably Long McQuinn. And I put my, my foot on the kick drum and I pushed the kick drum off the drum riser and the it, kick drum and the toms on it fall over. I push the cymbals. The whole kick gets 
off the drum riser, smashes, toms are rolling everywhere, right? C crowd's going crazy. <laughs> now we're in the dressing room. And in the, within one minute of the dressing room being closed, you hear this. <laughs> and I hear, I hear just screaming on the other side of the door. Well, it turns out it wasn't a rental kit. It was some drummer's drum set that he'd lent the club. Oh, no. And he was in the audience. <laughs> so, I had to go out and apologize. You know, I felt so bad. I Listen, I, I, it's not that I have no regard for rental gear. I just was thinking, you know, it's rental gear. I'm going to use it. I wasn't trying to break a drum, but I was going to, they might've got scuffy, but they were already scuffy uh, <laughs> being rental drums. But I would never have done that. Had I known it was someone's personal drum yeah, set that well, not well. only was their kit, but they were in the front row of that show. <laughs> so that was one of my first nights in Halifax after my first plane ride. I've never been on a plane before. All of these things, playing Hendrix music, getting in trouble for. So maybe okay. he can see the humor, and I'm sure that was he fun. Did. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> did, and we're still friends to this day. That guy. <laughs> Happy ending. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Before I go to my second Randy Cook story, who wants to fire a question at Randy? I do. Marcus! Marcus! Okay, um, I kind of have two questions. One of them is really quick. Um, do you play open-handed or cross? Uh, when you say open-handed or cross, do you mean um, uh, like traditional? This. Uh, no, what I mean is open-handed oh, or cross, like that. Uh, I, I play across. The only time I play open-handed is if there's something on that right side of the kit. Like, if you want to play a tom pattern inside a drum beat. So if you're playing, doom, got, doom, doom, got, doom, got, doom, doom, got. Well, if you're playing like this, the only way to do it is, doom, got, and, and reach underneath your arm. So yeah. I play, doom, got, doom, doom, got, because... Or like if you have like, um, yeah, or if you have like yeah. a hi-hat on your right or something. Absolutely. Some really crazy thing like that. Yeah. I did yeah. that once. Yeah. It's actually pretty yeah. fun. But yeah, I, I want to do that. Yeah. I only have yeah. one hi-hat. But it's great to play open. What does open playing also force you to do? It forces you to, to be able to play an eighth note hi-hat pattern with your left hand, which we never do yeah. as handed players. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Imagine trying to play that way, even a simple drum beat. And playing those little tiny notes and the big ones this way. Yeah, harder, it's harder. Than it, harder than it seems. And a very good yeah. question. Next question. And um, what bands have you played with? Oh, many. Many. Um, Slipknot, just kidding. You're wearing the t shirt. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, ones that you would know, though, remember you're a little bit younger. Um, yeah, I don't know. I bet you know one band I still play with, Smash Mouth. Do you remember that band, Smash Mouth? Oh, yeah. Somebody. Okay. Yeah. So that band, uh, you know, uh, I have recorded also for for artists on the radio like Kelly Clarkson and uh, Hilary Duff and uh, Miley Cyrus, all the Disney stuff. I've so like some music I don't like pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's funny about recording those records? I've never met them. Woo! Huh. That's how odd music can be sometimes is 
I get files sent to me. I get in a room with the producer. It's just me and the producer. And he goes, this is a song. In fact, sometimes I record a song and they don't even know it's going to go to that singer. It's just a song written by a songwriter. And then a famous singer goes, I like that song. And the drumming's already done. It's so weird. Yeah, it is very weird. I agree. Yeah. Okay, thanks. You got it, bud. Thanks, Marcus. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, to relate to that. So um, my, my second Randy Cook story is when I moved to Toronto, uh, when did you move to LA, Randy? Was it 2004? It was 2004, yeah. Yeah, so I moved to Toronto 2000, yeah, right May 2004. And I wasn't, and you you had, so I moved to Toronto and uh, same as you had, zero gigs, going to jams, trying to meet people. And I kept, everybody was like, you got to meet Randy Cook. Coolest guy. He's like, <laughs> like, just, you know, watch him play and just meet him and, and and just make sure you know randy cook and you were playing a weekly gig at i can't remember the name of it but it's in the club district downtown in toronto and i went there and somebody was subbing for you oh, that's then, great right when you go to see one drummer and there's another yeah and i'm like i don't think that's randy and then and and i uh talked to him and he said oh randy just i think you'd moved to la like like a month <laughs> Oh my God. Prior to that. Like, like, yeah. yeah, I think, I think he just moved to LA and, and this is probably going to become my gig. And so my point is, you know, we, we say like, what is reputation? And this is something my teachers have like hammered me with. And reputation is like what people say about you when you're not there. Right. How much money I owe them. Right. <laughs> and, I get it. That son of a gun. It, it Five bucks. Up, don't worry. <laughs> But like what people say, say about you and, you know, as drummers, you mentioned like play with people, play with people, meet people. And as fast as your paradiddles are in your double bass and what gear you have is like, what kind of person are you? Sure. Are you honest? Are you cool to hang with? Do you have a sense of humor? You know, with you all brush your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> brush your teeth. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention that to you because when I moved, you, you were just gone. But I, I heard it from everybody, the same story, but you're like, Randy's the coolest guy and you got to meet him, make sure you connect with him. And just wondered if you could talk about just reputation and uh, within that goes with consistency. And you mentioned it before, like treat every gig as if it's Madison Square Garden, be cool, yeah. go up on time. Sure. Just can you talk about that for a sec? Yeah, I, I think that, that my philosophy has always been, you know, walk softly and carry a big stick. You want to, you want to, obviously everybody wants to make a great impression and be liked and accepted. Uh, you don't have to, you know, succumb to any, anyone or any, any notion of your, of yourself to, to people. You don't have to like, you know, try too hard, but you do have to get along and you do have to, you know, I think about uh, you guys have all seen tour buses and, and some of you have been on them. And, and it's a good example, you know, when, when a band is on tour, uh, you play the show, it's maybe an hour every night, 60 minutes. Oh, man, you're around everybody else, like about, you know, 17 other hours. Yes. Imagine if you're grumpy, stinky, you know, like all of the things that can make you just not fun to be around. Imagine that. And, you know, so, so 
reputation. I mean, it, it and it's so easy to to mess that up, right? Yeah. Right. The, isn't there an old business thing? A happy customer tells ten. An unhappy customer tells a hundred. So think about that equation when it comes to life. You you piss somebody off, they're probably going to tell a hundred people. You make someone happy, they, they'll tell ten. So careful, <laughs> careful because the bad stuff flies way quicker than the good stuff. Right. 100%. And someone said like tr trust is gained in drops, but lost in waves. Right. right. So it's like one time. Yeah. One time. That hurts my brain to think of what you just said. <laughs> that really, I'm going to have to write that down and read it slowly later. It's like you said, though, treating every gig as if it's as, as the same level, really. Right. Like it's, it's for sure. For sure. Theme we keep hearing. Yeah. And you know, come on, there, there is a little bit of, a little bit of, of filter like sometimes i get a demo and the song's not good it's not good not a good song it's not not a song you're ever gonna hear on the radio i'm never gonna tell look i'm never gonna tell anybody that i'm not gonna go crazy and say it's the best song i've ever heard in my life but i'm absolutely not gonna make what they this is someone's like little sculpture right think about it like they spent weeks sculpting. They go, here, we want you to put a cherry on the top of this sculpture. You, you, you have to be sensitive to the fact that this is, what the, this is their creation. So again, your reputation is going to be how you dealt with that person and how you, you, yeah. you regarded them and their project and what you said, making someone feel like recording for you is as important to me as recording for Ringo Starr. And I have recorded, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's important that, that, that you, you uh, relay that what you give out, you get, yeah, that's an easier one, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. But these, these are just things that I, I know you all know that, but sometimes we forget. Sometimes we get in a room, we've been like, we're grumpy and we're tired. We don't want to rehearse tonight. And eh, the singer's complaining about it. You know, it's, it's hard to, Actually, you have to make an effort to be nice. You have to make an effort to not freak out and, and, and be confrontational or, or, or you know, um, air your laundry and tell them what you really think about how they sing. You know, it, you, what's it going to get you? It's just going to get you a bad reputation. You're going to get the rep of that guy. You know, yeah, and I just got to thank you for that. I, I, I got to thank you for that. And last Randy Cook story is, is the first time I met you. And it was in the Rex 2000, I don't know, 2011 or 2000. I looked at you across the room. <laughs> yeah. And you actually walked by me. We, I think we, we knew, because you were in LA, and you, we knew of each other, but I, we had never personally met. And I just remember you 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 just made me feel like i was we i was like the only person there you know what i mean without without going ah i don't know you yeah man big heart absolutely absolutely and just made me feel great it's like this guy could have you know you could have blown me off really easily like ah we're not you know in the same jump companies or i don't know who you, i don't know you and but it was like the opposite of that and make you know just making everybody feel good to be around. It's, it's kind of related to what we talked about before. So, yeah. I want to I just say one thing about that, that 
everybody that's all you you all have these little squares on my computer everybody's <laughs> a little square and i have to this is a thousand percent honest do you know you're all one phone call away from having a bigger gig than i've ever had like there's no there is literally we live in a universe there is no rhyme or reason Sure, there some people get gigs from the regular way, right? They climb a ladder, they play with, you know, more famous people, and eventually, you know, there you can see the trajectory, you can see the succession. But you know, some people get ridiculous gigs because they played golf with Joe. Like, okay, think about some of the most famous bands in the history of music. Think about you two. Do you watch these screens and videos and sometimes you go on social media and you see all these drummers and you just feel defeated, overwhelmed? You might think, man, I don't know if I could ever do that. Well, you can. LTR Drumming Life Through Rhythm is all about uncovering your voice and bringing this out on the drums and in life. I believe in you and I want to help unleash your confidence. This is where we delete the unessential and get rid of the overwhelming confusion to get you on a step-by-step -step path where you can become your best self through drumming. So join me and the LTR Drumming Worldwide Community at chrislesso.net slash LTR. chrislesso.net slash LTR. Life through rhythm is an attitude and a way of life and I wanna walk this path with you and start your journey. So let's do this, enter the adventure. I'll see you on the inside. Okay, think about some of the most famous bands in the history of music. Think about U2 and Larry Mullen. He, Larry Mullen didn't play for 100 bands before he joined U2. Larry Mullen wasn't a studio session drummer. Larry Mullen wasn't known. At, like these bands, they were buddies. Some of them met, some of them answered ads in the paper and became the drummer for REM. Like you don't know. And, and because of that, the reason I'm saying this, so I meet Chris Lesso. I've never met him. He's in a club. I meet him. Maybe he's that guy tomorrow. Why would I, how do exactly. I know? Exactly. Hey, maybe Chris Lesso is going to get me a better gig because he's going to be the next drummer in YouTube. I don't know that. Like, you know, who knows? You just don't know who's, position in life is going to change overnight exactly. and you might as well try and be on the good side of those as many people as you can that's just you know you never 100%. know and that's the whole concept of ltr life through rhythm is like the type of person you are is the type of drummer you are so it's like look at you meeting me making me feel good randy whatever band you put him in he makes the band better and those two things are the same thing so i just want to thank you for that thank you we've got a question for randy Unmute yourself. I do. I, re I remember Michael from the the from the, Quebec. The, yeah, the drum fest. So, and I, I just want to. I'm doing well. Is I just want to reiterate. Stuart Copeland Chris, question. What was that? Stuart Copeland question. I can see the big police. Yes. <laughs> I, I just want to reiterate Chris's point um, because the experience I had meeting Randy at the drum fest was the same. He, it was almost like. Nobody else was there expect, except for the fact there was 60 people in line waiting to meet Randy and Tommy Aldridge. Um, but Tommy, he was just- they were there. They, Trust me, they were in that line for the guy beside me with the big afro. And that was real hair, by the way. That was- Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. Like I had um, to wear when I moved to LA. Yeah. But I've been a fan of yours for 
you know, 30 plus years. And, and, and so it's just really nice to connect with you there. Um, and I appreciated your, your kindness and your, and your time. Um, but my question is, um, you had talked a lot about the importance of dynamics. Um, and I had had a lesson a couple of years back with Mark Kelso and, and uh, we talked about groove and the importance of groove. And so what he, what he did in that situation was he set me down and goes, okay, you're going to play along with this funk track, but you don't get to hear it before you play it, we're gonna do one take. Um, I'm gonna give you the courtesy of telling you how it starts because it doesn't come in on one. Um, but you're gonna record it, then we're gonna look at it on the screen and we're gonna analyze everything. And then I'm going to play it. So I recorded this track. No fair! Kelso, yeah, and then Mark Kelso recorded this track and then we kind of looked at it on a screen. Um, and what we played was almost the same, but it didn't sound the same. And he said, when you listen to everything, what do you hear? And what I said was, what I hear in his playing is that even though it's an eighth note groove, it has a 16th note pulse to it. Sure. When I'm playing, it has an eighth note pulse. And he said, well, why is that? He goes, because my hi-hat's too loud. And he said, exactly. Because what we're playing is almost the same. Because it's not that you're hitting your hi-hat too loud, but in the context of recording, you need to understand the dynamics of the drum kit in addition to dynamics of what you're actually playing in terms of soft Internal, internal dynamics. Internal dynamics. And so, so what I basically got from that lesson, aside from you know getting my butt kicked by Mark Kelso, um, in a good way, but we, it was the the importance of listening to the big picture of the dynamics on the kit and i was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about your experience with that for sure well it started this way every time i would play a groove you know whether on the let's pretend the bell of the ride right mm -hmm. i would play it and then i would hear weeks later they would do the mix and they would send me the mix and i would hear my drum beat and the bell was way lower. I mean, I, I was smashing that thing, right? It was a rock song. Why wouldn't I smash that thing? They're turning it down a little bit. The kick was loud. The snare was loud. The bell, not so loud. And I'm like, what the hell? But it did sound pretty good. Like, it sounded good the way they mixed it. Mm -hmm. Same thing with crash rides. Same thing with hats on a groove. Like, when you're, if you're, especially if you're, like, hammering, right? It's a, it's a, a chorus, and you're hammering away. Well, it didn't take long to figure out that a general thing that mixers do with or without you is turn down your right hand. Like it doesn't matter. You're going and they turn it down. So the kick in the snare is really loud and the high, it's a little, not as loud anymore. Why? It's just the way drum kits kind of sound nicer. So I got smart and I started playing like that. I was like, screw you. You're not going to turn down one of my hands. I'll do it. I'll play if that's the case. Do you know how hard it is? I, I, I have done a couple of master classes where I have a room full of guys. And all I've said was play dun, da, dun, dun, da. Quarter note bell with that drum beat. Dun, dun, da. And they play it. And there it is. And I go, now play the bell softer. And everything gets quiet. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just the bell. It takes 10 minutes to be able to tell yourself to kick your kick hard and just do this at the same time. That's really difficult 
for about 10 seconds. Once you get it, you're good to go. But mm -hmm. that therein was a little miniature lesson that I learned very quickly. And I would recommend that to all of you. Sit down on your drum kit. I challenge you to play. I mean, the challenge is play as loud as you can. Kick and stare. Loud. Doom. Ka, doom, doom, ka, and play really soft quarter note bells and see how tough that is because that in essence is what they're doing to you when you leave the room so <laughs> that's 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 part and parcel of internal you know we talk about internal dynamics which just is a, is a phrase for your volumes of everything you're hitting your excellent should be about level your right hand on hi-hats or rides or crashes or shouldn't be as loud I know it's awful to say, but that's just the way it is. And even for me now in my stage of my life, I actually have to remind myself not to hit the crash as hard as I want to. You just want to like <laughs> smash the, just, <laughs> right? But the minute you hit it, now I'm just talking about studio. <laughs> you know, there's microphones everywhere. There's not just microphones on the kick and the, they're everywhere. They're in the room, they're above you, they're underneath your butt. They're like, so you, the louder you hit that crash, it goes into every microphone and then it becomes uncontrollable. And now they have a problem with you. Mm -hmm. Now they're like working extra. The guy wants to go home for dinner, but he has to fix yours because you hit the crash so hard every time. So this is another thing, you know, internal dynamics. So I am. Um, yeah. I, I once heard Todd Zuckerman talk about record doing a session where everything was just rocking. He was just hitting really hard. And then he, he was standing back in the booth and everyone just kind of just sitting there listening to it. And then he, and then he went back in and did the track again and played everything lighter with a softer touch and came back into the booth because everything sounded bigger and people responded to that. So sometimes you need to learn just to find that dynamic because a little bit of restraint. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I just, I, I totally agree with your point and I, uh, I, I appreciate the time. So I have to run cause I got to go teach, but I hope yeah, we can connect are. again at some point soon. Randy. Nice, bud. nice to see you, MS. Nice to see you too. So right, bud. Well, take uh, care. Good to see you, Michael. And, and want to be respectful of Randy's time. We have, uh, just Randy, can you I'm not in a hurry. Who's got a question? Uh, awesome. Rylan, can you unmute yourself and you're live with Randy Cook? Uh, hello. I hear you a little bit. I just don't right, see yeah. you. I got um. All right. Wait, can you hear Woo! me? Yeah. Right. Good to see you, Rylan. Yell. All right. Hello. <laughs> One sec. I gotta un. Wait, can you guys hear me? I can't even tell. Yeah, you. I hear you fine. Okay. All right. Um. So I always ask like um drum resists when I meet them um. I was wondering, like, on your personal experience, how you made it in the professional drum world and any tips? Yeah, um, for sure. Of yeah. how, yeah, that's all I, yeah, I got. I got lots of tips. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. Uh, you know, we've, we've covered a couple of bases, so I might be repeating myself, but I want to just specifically tell you, especially at your age, right? Yeah. You, you have a couple of things to prepare prior yeah. to to being out in the world and you can be out in the world tomorrow. You can be a young player that's getting recognition and gigs and all of this jazz. And you have to obviously have your technique together, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about not only playing with drums every day, you got to split your time. Hands are ridiculously important, boring, mm -hmm. frustrating, but important. You got to spend the time on your hands. 
but you also have to be practicing your hands properly. It just doesn't mean 30 mm -hmm. minutes of just doing it. You have to be doing it yeah. right or you're wasting your time. Okay, we'll move on. So as you, as you start to play with your friends, people you know and people you don't know, you have to uh, obviously try and get along, but I, you want to be able to also learn some different styles of music, even styles of music that you're not into. Right. It doesn't matter that you're not going to – you have no aspirations to play jazz. I've never – been in a jazz band in my life i've never played uh latin music in my life but i studied latin music and i studied jazz and uh and interestingly enough um my first band i played in was a reggae band i was yeah. the only white guy set six black guys and it was like a big oreo cookie right so imagine i never cared about disco or funk or reggae it didn't matter I'm glad that I learned that and I was able to play it. So, so give yourself a little bit of that. Just a cut, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go and move to Brazil and immerse yourself in Latin drumming for a year. Just take a couple of lessons where you're doing those exercises, listen to the music a little bit, understand how it works. You're good. So that's number two. Number three, we talk about, cause this is going to happen to you. Someone's going to eventually phone you and say, how much? And you're always going to say, I don't have a price. I will play for whatever you think is fair, whatever you have. And if you don't have anything, I'm still going to play because I want to play. Yeah. And that's it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. you got to mm -hmm. make sure that your priority is playing, not, yeah. not the bottom money. Yeah. The money will come. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it'll come. Yeah. Uh, big bags dropped on your front. I'm kidding. Uh, so, but it will. You know what I mean? That's, that's just yeah. general. Uh, so, uh, I think I've covered most of it. Obviously you're going to gravitate towards a certain style of music. Everybody mm -hmm. does. And so get into it, make sure you study it, practice, okay. but play with as many people as you can. If you have a bunch of buddies every once a week, get together, play somewhere in someone's basement, play. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Hammer it out, hammer your favorite cover songs out, make up your own songs. Oh, and one more thing. We didn't talk about this. And Chris, you didn't bring this up. And I would like to bring it up now. Learn another instrument. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about Absolutely. <laughs> and you don't have to be a virtuoso. You don't have to yeah. be like this like killer guitar player or keyboard player. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I never did. And I'm paying the price for it now. Yeah. Thank goodness I can sing a little bit. You don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> but I can still contribute in a room where guys are writing a song, but I'm going to tell you, Rylan, there's money to be made in drumming, but there's yeah. more money to be made in being a drummer who writes. And if yeah. you want to write a song, you're probably going to need to play a chord somewhere on something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have a, just a little bit, just be yeah. able to play three chords four, like be able to have a conversation with someone else and go, yeah, that's cool. Maybe we should, you know, try the whatever. But just at one point, dabble in another instrument. It'll, it'll, right. you'll, you'll be thankful that I yeah. bugged you to do that. Yeah. That's so great. That last right. point. And, and my teacher, uh, you know, I mentioned Jim Blackley before, and he he was so confident, Randy, in in your last point, like get off the freaking drums and get on another instrument. And his was the piano, and he would literally just call you and say, "All right, lad, you're done." Here's the number of uh, your piano teacher. I've already called him and set you up. He's expecting your call. 
best of luck to you. And he just <laughs> kind of hang up the phone. And I was like, whoa, am I not practicing enough? Did I do something wrong? Right. And he just believed. He's like, all right, you've been with me for a few years. You're good. Sure. Get on the piano, you know, and, and you'll go drumming that way. Yeah. Get an acoustic guitar. They're like 50 bucks on Craigslist. Like, just stick one in your living room. It's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Randy. Uh, your groove, your enthusiasm, your energy. Thank you for being you. And thank you for all you've done for drumming and music. And it's thank you for pleasure. your kindness and giving today. And like, let's do this again. I didn't get to, you. some of you didn't ask a question. So, you know, we'll do it again anytime you want. I'm around. I'd love to do round two. Thank you so much. We will definitely take you up on that. Anytime, guys. Awesome. I'm going to unmute everybody. Please show your gratitude to Mr. Randy Cook, guys. <laughs> everybody scream at one. <laughs> Thank you. Ah! Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Wicked. Thanks for hanging out. This is good fun. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. As many times as you want. Thank I you, Randy. Thanks, man. Awesome time. Thank you. Awesome, guys. We'll see you down. No more snow. If, oh my God! Next week. Hey, if anybody has any questions, just email me too. You can great. You, you can find me. Chris will give you my stuff. Whatever you need. If Ooh, we awesome. missed, pretty much. Hi, how are you? I just miss you. How are you? If you have any questions or or concerns, or you have like an itch that you know on your back, you're like, what is this mark? Let me know. I'll take care of you. Awesome, guys. We'll do we'll do round two with Randy next week. We're live with Rich Redman. And, uh, yeah, who, who's <laughs> fantastic as well. I love Randy, Rich. All right. You. And we'll do round two, and I'll see you soon. All right, guys. Awesome. Take care, Have everybody. Nice day. Thank you.